praise that he deserves. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Aren't you glad that he is worthy of praise? Amen. We didn't do anything good this week. Amen. That we deserve praise, but he did, right? He is. Amen. Hallelujah. Why don't you put a smile, a big smile on your face. Tell him it's good to see you. I'm so glad you made it. I'm glad I'm sitting by you today. Amen. God bless you. Amen. You may be seated today. Today is Communion Sunday. We always love Communion Sunday and uh, excited about really what's going on. Amen. What's going on and uh, everything that God's doing. You know, uh, one of the things that we really, honestly, we really do is our core values, not just as Christians, but here in our church that we take serious at heart, and that is the power that God has to heal our bodies. And so today, if you're struggling, or you're, you're sick, or you know somebody, maybe somebody stayed at home today that's sick in their body, we want you to just extend your faith and believe God. Not because of us, or we're special, or we're better than anybody else, it's because of Him today. And we want to acknowledge it. How many know that when you acknowledge something about God, amen, He emphasizes it among, among us, right? And so we, we just we want to acknowledge that today, that He is our healer. How many can just lift your hand and say, i got a testimony of God's healing power. Let me see your hand. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? What a testimony and what a, what a powerful thing this morning. And excited about it. Loved what uh, Brother Michael shared during praise and worship and um, loved that, always loved that analogy about what Jesus gave about the treasure hid in a field. How many love that story and that account? You know, to love that. And, and of course, we, we do see the principle of, you know, when you find, amen, something like the Word of God or salvation, it's worth selling out for. How many can lift your hand and say, oh yeah, oh yeah, it's worth giving my life to Jesus about. But you know, if you look at another part of that story, and you look at that story from another point of view, you'll see that it's almost like as if God was telling the story about us. Amen? How many know that Jesus found a treasure hid in a field? And He went and He gave everything to buy that field that He can have that treasure. And the Bible says we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Amen? How many are thankful that God saw something that nobody else did? Amen? Come on, when we thought we were something, sin made us nothing, but God saw nothing and made us something. Amen? And so I love that because it's, it's, a, it's a way that I can tell the Lord, Lord, I, I give you everything, but also it's a way for me to thank God for what He did for us. Aren't you glad that, amen, Jesus didn't stop, amen, in the garden, He didn't stop just at the cross, He went on, amen, to the grave, and then the empty tomb, and now He lives in heaven. And how many believe this morning that Jesus is alive? Let me see your hand, come on. We declare and believe that Jesus is is alive. Amen. He's alive right now. He's living right now. Amen. And I love that. Amen. That we have life because He lives also. Amen. Right? Also. And, and uh, just love that. And just wanted to praise God for that. And uh, love the worship today because uh, really kind of helped us introduce um, a series that we're going to be starting today called Sing to God. I believe it's important that we sing to God. Amen. With everything that's within us. And we sing to Him a new song. I believe it's important that we have these times of worship together. I believe that Sunday morning is absolutely critical to us as a church, but also my life personally. I need church. How many can say, I need church? 
There was a time that I didn't want to go to church, and I didn't like church, and I didn't want to be around church people, but man, now that I got kind of straightened out, I can say, man, I need church. I like being in church, and I want to be in church. And so uh, we want to talk about worship. Uh, next week, I'm not going to be here. My wife and I are going to be away, but uh, Pastor Wayne's going to come, and he's going to uh, kind of continue in this series, going to preach on praise and worship, and so we're just going to keep going through this series, and, and I really feel it's important. You know, when I began to, uh, I, I've talked about music uh, a lot over the last 20-some years, I really have, especially with teenagers, they've got a lot of questions about music, and how many know parents have had equal amount of questions about music, and we've talked a lot about it, and I don't uh, know, some of you know that... Um, um, when my, uh, I had two brothers and they were here on staff with us and when we were serving together, God gave us all three, gave us a big message called Strange Fire. And, and we preached that and we did seminars and we preached it all over. We did that, talked about praise and worship a lot. But you know, as I, I began to just, again, kind of study and go over this and prepare for this, I'm going to tell you something. I was like, God, there's so much here. I mean, your word says so much and there's so many incredible principles about worship I'm blown away I don't know about you but man when I just start reading the Psalms I'm like this is amazing right this is amazing and so every once in a while I'll do a little exercise I'll I'll read five Psalms a day and one proverb a day and then you can get through it in a month and so if you if you do that you read five Psalms a day and one proverb a day you can finish the Psalms and Proverbs in a month and so try to do that as many months as you can. It's really great, isn't it? And when you do something like that, you, you, I don't know about you, but man, when I read the Psalms, I'm like, man, that's how I feel about God right there. Anybody feel that way, right, when you read the Psalms? And, and some of you get tripped up over the these and thous and whosoever's and all that. But, you know, when I read the Psalms, I don't care if it's in the King James or the New Life Teenage Study, you know, modern language Bible. I get excited. Amen. I do. I love it. So let's... Let's just get into God's Word today, and then we'll take communion. In Psalms chapter 95, Psalms 95, of course, starting in Psalms, had to start in Psalms. Can't talk about worship without getting there. Psalms 95, I like this. We're going to start in verse 1, and then I'm going to skip a couple verses. It says, O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise unto the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving, and make a joyful noise unto Him with psalms. Or the book of Psalms. For the Lord is a great God. It is a great king above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth and the strength of his hills. Down to verse 6. It says, O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before our, the Lord our maker. For he is our God. We are his people uh, of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you'll hear his voice, the Bible says, harden not your heart. But in that verse there, it says, O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise. And then the Bible says that we should bow down before Him. We should kneel before God. And He is our Maker. He is our God. Amen. And I want to just talk to you today about, amen, singing to God in the series, but worship. We want to talk about worship today. i got to say, I'm not a worship leader. I'm not a psalmist. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, one that writes songs and all that. I'm not an expert on, on music in that way. I was a drummer for, I don't know, about 15 years here at our church, and and, uh, you know, so I started out, never forget, I started out, I think I was like 10 years old or 11 years old. And my brother taught me one beat on the drums, right, one beat. Because we didn't have a drummer. And he, you know, so, and he was a multi-talented person. He played the drums, played the piano, played the bass. And so one night for Saturday night church, he was like, you're going to play this beat, right? So if first song, we, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. How many remember that? I will enter his gates, right? Of course, with praise. 
I was, okay, that, I had it going, I had it going. I was like, as long as I watch his foot, I'm good, I'm right, I'm good. Next song, a little faster, but I stayed at my pace. Okay, next song was a worship song. I still was there. And he was like, turned around, looked at me right in the middle of the song. He was I got to teach you a knee beat. So, so yeah, that's, that's how I learned. And so, you know, when you're a pastor's kid, you either play some type of instrument, sing, do the sound, turn on the lights, you do something. And uh, so that's what we did. But anyways, so the Bible says here in Psalms 95 that we should worship, we should sing to the Lord. So I want to talk to you about worship today. And here's the title of this uh, particular part one, if I could say that, and that is worship is relationship. Worship is relationship. I'd like to talk to you in the next few weeks or so about worship and about music in general. Let me just give you some, just as overall we talk about music, we talk about worship, because the first thing, when I say I'm going to talk about worship, we're going to talk about what? Music, right? I even got a little musical note there on my notes, because that's what it's about, right? Not really. And so that's, that's where it, it finishes, but that's not where it starts. I want you to say, uh, just tell you some things about music. First of all, God created man, and speaking of worship, God created man for relationship and worship. That's why we're created. God created us for relationship. How many believe that? I believe that with all my heart. And you know something? When man sinned and Adam sinned and man fell, guess what? His worship fell. But when Jesus came to save us from our sins and we're born again, amen, how many know that God restored us back to relationship and therefore he restores our worship? Amen? How many know when, when, you, when you fell and you were, we were in sin, how many know our music fell too, right? Our worship fell too. And so God restores that. God brings that back to a place where we're in perfect fellowship with him and our worship is now acceptable to him. And the other thing I'd like to just bring up is that God created music. A lot of times I've heard people say, well, the devil doesn't have all the good music. Well, the devil never had the music in the first place. Amen. God created it. Stay with me. God created it. He's the author of music. He's the author of it. I mean, if you read the Bible, you'll see that there's music in heaven. There's choirs. There's instruments. There's, you know, the four and twenty elders. The Bible says 24 hours a day, all the time, are singing to the Lord. I mean, there's music in heaven. God created it. He's the author of of music. I like to think of that. Amen. We like to think that somehow that the church has to look to the world because they've got all the good music and somehow we're going to borrow from them. But how many know we've got the author living on the inside of us. You've got the creator of music. He's the one that designed your vocal cords. He's the one that gave you a, an interest in music and a, and a desire and the talent and abilities for music. Think about it. God did that. God created music. And so I know there's music in heaven. I read it in my Bible, and he's the creator of music. In fact, God loves music so much, he created an angel for music, right? So there's three main angels that we see in the Bible that's mentioned as far as, you know, the ones that God created specifically. One was a messenger angel. One was, what, a warring angel. And the other one was a musician, a musician or a worship angel, right? And his name was Lucifer, star of the morning. That's what his name means. And so he was a worship angel. And the Bible says that he was lifted up in pride and he fell. But you know something that's very interesting about this? Think about this. When, when Lucifer, Satan that we know him, fell, he lost his position, but he did not lose his abilities. The Bible says that he actually has uh, musician, or instruments created inside of him. He actually has like pipes and organs and, and he's actually created for music. And that's what he was. He's a worship leader. The worship, 
whatever you want to call it. He was the worshiping angel. Think about it. And how many know that's important? The message of God, the warring of God, and the music of God. And so that's why we see it was so important, so critical. And when he fell, I believe that he lost his position, but he did not lose his ability. Why? Because Lucifer fell in his worship, not in his music. How many know it's about worship, isn't it? Amen. And so he fell in his worship, not in his music. But God created man, and when God created man, how many believe that he had a plan the whole time, right? And this is God's plan, is that when it comes to worship, God created man to restore the position of worship. And especially in the earth. Because that's where man fell. Man fell in the earth. Amen. We're to be a praise and the glory in the earth to the Lord. But we fell in the earth. And so God wants to create and restore that position of worship. Amen. And so uh, just some thoughts here on, on music. And music is a spiritual creation. Because God created it. God, uh, you know, it wasn't something that we just kind of like, like, like fire. Amen. That we kind of just rub two sticks together, two rocks. or You know how they always portray fire starting. You know, somebody dropped a rock and sparks and this and that. And that's not how, music didn't come like that. We didn't just, you know, somebody was tightening some strings and just strummed their hand to grow. What was that sound? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Whatever. However man did that at the time. You know, it wasn't like that. So music is a spiritual creation because God created it. And it's a, because it's a spiritual creation, right, therefore it has life. Doesn't it? It has life. And so I'm getting very basic. We call this like music theory 101. But I mean, it's, it has life. And life can produce because life produces life. And so because music is a spiritual creation, it has life. And it creates, doesn't it? It creates life. It creates something. In fact, the word music means to teach. It comes from the word muse. It means to teach. It creates Right? Something. And so that's, it, it, it begats, life begats life, as the Bible says. And I believe that there is a very uh, miscon popular misconception when it comes to music, and that is that music has no effect on society, or music has no effect on people. And we've, we've seen court cases that go to the you know, state courts and some other things about how music has driven people to cut themselves and kill themselves and kill others, right? And, and oh, no, 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 that doesn't happen. It really doesn't happen. Listen to this. Way back... Socrates said this, he said, let me write the music of a nation. I care not for who writes the laws, for I will control its people. Think about it. Wow. So everybody knew way back, amen, that there was something that happens when music is played, when music is sung. There's something that is created because it has creative life in it, right? And so one of the things, the other myths, busters that we want to talk about this morning is that people think that music is neither good nor bad. It all depends on how it's used. Now, I've heard that before. Well, it's, not, it's neither good nor bad. It all depends on how it's used and who's singing it. Now, that's a half-truth. Can I just tell you that's a half-truth? Because why? Because if God created music and God gives you a song to sing, it's got to be good music. Come on, somebody. I believe God gives people songs. Do you believe God gives people songs? Now, let me just say this. If Satan still has his ability to create music, if he still has his ability to sing, and he's the father of lies, one of the things he's going to do is he's going to pervert or rebel music, turn into rebellion, and it's going to be deceptive because that's what he is. He's a rebel and he's a liar, right? So when, and I believe that he has the ability to give music. So that's my opinion because that's, 
what I see in the Word. And so I believe that it can be. And so we just want to get into that and, and talk about that right away, that I believe that there is a difference between good music, and I believe that there's a difference between music that is, uh, uh, you know, brings life and music that, that really kind of controls our society. I believe that. I believe that. And but why? Because it's powerful and it's, it's a creation. And God wants us to use the power of worship, amen, for Him and in the right way, in the right setting, right? Amen. And so one of the things that I've, I've noticed as I read the Bible, God placed a lot of emphasis on music. There's over 500 uh, times when the Bible references to music that the Bible gives. Think about it. And the longest book in the Bible is the book of Psalms. How many have ever read the book of Psalms entirely, right? It's a long book, isn't it? Remember it said, I'm going to read the book of Psalms today. And you're like, <sighs> after 15th chapter, you're like, how long is this book? Well, it's the longest book, the biggest book in the middle of the book. Because God wants us to know how he wants to be worshipped. Because worship is the central theme. Because worship is relationship, right? Right? So that's why it's in the middle of your Bible. Because it's all about relationship. It's all about worship. God likes worship a certain way and, a, and all that stuff, right? We, we know that. We're going to talk about that next time. But listen to this. I just want to talk to you a second about the book of Psalms. Now, the purpose of music in the life of, of a believer, in life of people, actually, is to praise and worship the Lord. I think that's obvious, right? So Christian music is to be sung, as the Bible says, unto the Lord. I believe there's over, uh, I forget, I think it's like over 500 instances in the Bible where it talks about unto the Lord. And music is to be sung unto the Lord or to the Lord, right? And so it, not to the world, not to you, not to your girlfriend. I mean, Christian music is to be sung to the Lord. Amen. And so that's what we see. And so, and you know, we, we give glory unto God. We sing unto the Lord a new song. We're going to talk about a new song in a few weeks. A new song. And so this is what it says. And so, you know, I believe God wants us to sing. He loves music. He created it. I mean, he, he's all about it. Uh, just like marriage, he loves it because he created it. And one of the things I like about it is he loves it so much, he wants us to worship so much, that he gave us a songbook. It's called the book of Psalms. Did you know that's what Psalms means? Psalms means the book of songs. The book of songs. In other words, God already gave the church a book of songs. Now, don't get nervous. God gives new people songs as well, making melody in a heart to the Lord. But listen to this. Check this out. This is really cool. Here's about the songbook that God gave us. There, it's divided into five books. There's 150 chapters. There's over 2,400 verses, and there are almost 47,000 words. So you can use all that to praise God, to tell God who He is and what He's done, and and to be able to worship God. You have been given, we have been given, amen, the songbook on how God likes to be worshipped. I thought that was pretty cool, right? And of course, the whole book can be uh, about, you know, we'll, we'll talk about next time. The whole book can be sung, amen. The whole book can be used as worship. I love that. But God was so great, and, and he, he gave us this songbook. In fact, the book of Psalms is, is really a book written by many authors, and it, it's written about devotions. Right? From other people's devotions. It's about devotion, Lord, about other people, from other people's devotions. It's a history book. It talks about the histories, about the wars, and some of the other things that happened in the nation of Israel. It talked about, uh, it's a prophetic book. It gives messianic prophecies. It gives prophecies to the nations. 
Uh, it's a great book. I mean, it's just awesome. Think about it. And so God gave us this book. But if you read the book of songs or the song book for the Christian, this is the three things that I personally found that it talks about. And I love this because when it comes to worship, this is what we focus on. Number one, his wonders, God's wonders, God's word or his name and God's work of salvation. All right. Three W's. See how I put that in there? I like the three things. All right. So God's songbook really talks about his wonders, his word, and his work of salvation. His wonders and the heavens and the earth. I mean, if you ever read David, he just goes on about the sea and the land and the air. And you're like, this guy, man, is, a, is just, you know, I mean, this guy's deep with God. And he talks about trees clapping their hands and all kinds of stuff like that. And I'm like, weirded out. About, but why? Because he's talking about all creation worships God. Because it's God's wonders and who, and who he is and what he's done. And then he talks about his word and his name. And he talks about his work of salvation. David talks about, mostly David wrote it, but, but also Moses put some things in there and Solomon. But David talked about a lot about how God saves us. How God delivers us. How he protects us. How he heals us. Isn't it good that we can sing songs about how God saves us, how God heals us, He delivers us, He sets us free? I mean, isn't it amazing that we can sing about those things? Well, that's the songbook. That's what it does. And so basically what happens with the songbook is it's singing Scripture back to God. It's just singing the Scripture that He's given us back to God. God loves that. And the book of Psalms is also this. If you'll find out, it's God-centered and it's cross-centered. It's about the cross. It's about Jesus coming and saving his people and all those things. It's great. And it's songs that are sung to God and about God. I love that. One of the things I've noticed about the Lord is when it comes to worship and relationship is that God really loves to brag about himself. And God loves it when we brag about him. You know, because he's got this attitude thing. He thinks he's God. He just, he just you know what I'm saying? In fact, he knows he's God. And, and he just kind of loves it when people tell him how much God he is. How many know that's what worship is? You're God. You're always God. Beside thee, there is another. He's like, yeah, I know it. I know it. I just want to hear you say it. I want to hear you. I just want to hear you, my creation, amen, talk about what I've done. He loves that. Now, if you have a problem with that, maybe you can take that up with him. Amen. But, you know, he, you know, but he, that, that's part of being God. He can do that, right? And how many know when you're when, like him, he's God, he deserves Amen. All the praise. All the worship. And the Bible says here in Psalms 95, he's not just a God. He's the God. And that's the thing about that, that makes the Christian faith so strong and so secure is that we serve the true and living God. The only God. The God above all gods. The God of creation. The God of earth. The God of all living things. We serve the true and living God. Amen. And that's why we come to church on Sunday. We don't just sing songs to sing songs. We don't just do it because that's what you're supposed to do or fill a religious form or, or go through some kind of religious exercise. We do it because he's God. We do it because he needs worship. He wants our worship, right? He deserves our worship. And somebody in the earth needs to be saying and singing, you're God. Amen? And so that's what worship's about. And so worship... Let me get into it. Worship is this. Worship is not just slow songs. How many have ever thought that worship was slow songs? In fact, we do that. We, we kind of talk about, let's do the praise, and now let's do the worship. 
We usually talk about worship as quiet songs or a time to get away or, or that's when I spend my quiet time and I put on some soft music. I mean, nobody really puts head-banging music on when they're trying to get quiet with God, right? And loud, obnoxious music, right? Nobody does that, right? We want to put on slow music. We want to put in, why? Are we creating this mood? I don't know why you do it. But anyways, you put on this, create this mood. Or we just feel different about ourselves, right? We want to be still and know that I'm God, the whole thing, right? But it's not about that. Worship, in fact, is not really anything to do with music initially. It really doesn't. Did you know that? Did you know that? In fact, there's three things about worship that is really all about. It's about devotion, it's about glory, and it's about obedience. Amen? And notice, and we'll share in a couple weeks, is that David says, with my song I will praise you. So I'm praising God, and then music just is kind of in the background helping me praise God. Amen. Encourage me to praise God and to supporting what I'm already doing. That is worshiping God. So worship it has really nothing to do with, with music or songs. Really, it doesn't. When the Bible really talks about it, you're not going to see David say, you know, I'm playing a worship song now. I'm playing a praise song. And No, no. It was all worship. It was all worship, right? In fact, the word worship means to kiss. All right, now I know there's a lot of, uh, you know, people that really get into intimate worship and deep worship and, you know, sing songs about sloppy wet kisses and all that to God. That, you know, I got it. I, I mean, I get that, but, but it's not really what it's talking about, right? I mean, some people want to get in the sensual, deep, really, really kind of get, get you lost in this really over-creative, you know, worship where we're just one with the Father. I mean, it's great, but you lost me. Amen. <laughs> But that's not what I mean. So to kiss, and then it also means to bow down. In fact, it also means this. It means, it means to kiss like a dog licking his master's hand. That's pretty humble, isn't it? I mean, it's just to crouch down to, uh, like royalty, like you would bow down to a king or to a queen. Like you, you, you get on your knees and you bow down and you, it, it's a motion towards and it it's, it's also means to a drawing to or to nearness. When you get close to something or somebody, amen, that's worship. That's intimacy. Okay, we know that. But worship, ultimately, we get so lost in that. Worship is intimate and God speaking. It is. It really is. But it's all about relationship. I can't emphasize that enough. God seeks my worship because he seeks my relationship. Can you say amen? Amen. All right. So, when you're not talking about slow songs, so don't fall asleep. Okay, so... Worship is that. It's devotion, glory, and obedience. So number one, devotion. Worship is devotion. What did Matthew, in Matthew's gospel in Matthew chapter 4, record Jesus saying when he was tempted? Jesus went back and quoted from the original and the, not just the Ten Commandments, but the original commandment that God gave to man. Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And then Jesus said this, him only shall you serve. Him only. Why? Because we find this in the, four, the first four commandments are about worshiping God. When he gave the commandments to man, don't make any graven images. Worship God only. Amen. Don't take the name of the Lord in vain. Keep the Sabbath holy. It was all about worship. Because how many know that's what God's about? He's all about worship. And worship is relationship. And him only will you serve. I love that. And worship is more than just adoration. It's not just adoration. It's devotion. It's not just adoring God or appreciating God or recognizing God. How many know the Bible says that even the devils know and they believe? Even though they even, come on, they even acknowledge God. And it's not just acknowledging and saying, I appreciate God or respect God. There's a lot of people that can honor God that aren't saved. Amen? That aren't born again. Right. So it's not just adoration, but it's devotion. 
And that's really what I want to talk about, devotion. It's a devoting. It's a devotion and, and, a, and a relationship with God. Such a devotion. See, that's deep relationship. See, we talk about, and again, worship today is described as this deep, passionate, almost sensual feeling that comes on you. This atmosphere, this experience that you have in worship. Oh, because you feel. How many know you can feel saved and not be saved? So, I mean, it's not just about feeling good about yourself or feeling good about God. It's about knowing Him personally. How many know there's many days that you don't feel anything about God, but you still know He loves you. You still know He's with you. You still know He's healing you. He's protecting you, right? Amen. And so worship is more, it's devotion. And so it's more than just a feeling, a sensation that we are looking for. We're trying to inject this thing. You know, you go out and you, you know, you came before you were, you know, before, before you knew the Lord, you were doing meth. And now you come into the church and now you want to do God. How many know that doesn't work? It's not the same. You don't, you don't do God like you used to do other things. Come on, somebody. Amen. It's about worship and adoration and, and devotion. It's about all those things. And so... It's not just acknowledging with your mouth, it's loving with your heart. That's what it's about. So, so we can do those things. We can adore God with our mouth. But how many know, as Jesus said, many people, I mean, their lips are talking the right thing, but their heart is far from me. They're just not with me. They're not, they don't get it. You know, they're not in love with me, right? Amen? So we don't want to be those kind of people. But, so anyways, it, it's possible to sing without dedication. But God wants us to sing with dedication, in dedication. Out of dedication. That's what I'm trying to say today. And that devotion is that worship when we're, it's coming from our heart. That everything comes from that. Everything in our life comes from worship. So you can lift your hands and you can be so far from God and not mean a thing. You can sing the songs we're singing and your heart be so far from God, so separated from His will, so out of the will of God, so in rebellion, that it doesn't really do anything for you. Come on, somebody. And you can feel God for a moment, but how many knows, sometimes if you're just living for a feeling, guess what? Give it some time, you're going to feel something else. You're going to feel something else until something greater than that feeling comes, and now you feel something else. So it's not just about that feeling. Don't live for that feeling. Don't live for that. And we've made worship in the church today about this. You've got to have this sensation of worship. In fact, I know people that believe that if the worship service gets to a certain place, that, that all of a sudden your mind is open to God and you're illuminated with all this truth and all this love and all this peace. I mean, no, that's, that's, that's good. I like that. feels nice. But it's not about that. It's about knowing God in your heart. It's about walking it out in obedience. And it's about really, really knowing God. That's what it's about. Amen. Amen. You gotta, I mean, there's, there's a lot of people that are leading songs, but they're not saved. And yet here we are, we as people, if we don't know the importance of worship, you know what we do? We applaud the person that, that thanks Jesus at the MTV Music Awards and gives props to God for a moment and the whole rest of their life is living like the devil. Amen. We think that's great. God doesn't think that's great. How many, how many times do people tweet and it goes all over the place? Oh, this person gave props to God and they thank God, the Lord Jesus Christ and everything. And yet... Where's, the, where's God in their music? Where's God in their life? Where's God in what they do? Amen? Yeah, we're impressed by that, but God's not impressed with that because that's not worship. That's not devotion. Amen? All right. 
Some of you guys watching the MTV Music Awards the other day, too. You're like, oh, Brother Matt, snap, you ruined it for me. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, amen. Mu really, this is what it is. Worship is what? What you love. Worship is what you love. Come on, somebody. How many know what you see, what you look at, is what you will worship, and what you worship, you will become. So worship is what you love. That's what it is. That's what you love. That's what it's all about. And that's why Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and him only shall you what? Serve. Because what you love, you will serve. Right? And what you worship, you become. And so your worship is really your devotion and your allegiance to God. That's what it's all about. And yeah, there's music involved. We'll talk about it. But music accompanies my worship. Music doesn't drive my worship. Music follows my worship. Music just helps me worship. Come on, it just, basically, I'm playing a guitar to what I'm already doing. I'm worshiping God. I'm living it out. I'm loving Him. I know Him. And music just helps me express that a little bit different or a little bit more, right? That's what it's about. And so we're not really to, to worship like anything else except what the Bible says. And so the essence of worship, I like this quote, the essence of worship drives our expression of worship. So the importance of worship, the essence of it, the, the core of worship, which is relationship and devotion to God, is our expression of worship. That's what makes me express my worship to God. Amen. And so worship is all about relationship. Really, it is. And, you know, all this stuff that we do, singing and dancing, we'll talk about later and, and with music, is just a way that we express our devotion. It's just the way that I express how excited I am about God, how much I love Him, how, how much I honor Him. Amen. When I lift my hands and I'm like, God, I'm lifting my hands, Lord, because I love you and I'm, I'm letting you know that you are my source. I'm lifting them heavenward because, God, I'm letting everybody in this room know that God is my source. He is my Lord. He is my Savior. And I surrender to you. Think about it. Amen. All right. It's going to get better. It's going to get good. All right. So... And, and one of the things, uh, again, we're, we're, we just got to get away from is we got to get away from just trying to always create this overly romantic environment with God that somehow if we get so intimate that somehow we will be changed or somehow we'll know Him more or somehow we'll be saved more. I don't get it. But, I, I mean, it's great. How many know when you get closer to God, it's going to get pretty intimate? When you get close to God, I just thought about this weird, you know, singing the song, about the experience. We want to experience the joy of your presence and all your presence. You know, it's not about, I don't worship God for an experience. But you know what? I worship God because of who He is and what He's done. And when I get close to God, I have an experience. You can't get close to God and not have an experience. There's just no way you can get in God's presence, not come away and say, wow, what an experience. Like, wow, He blew me away. Wow, I just saw another part of God I never saw before. Come on, somebody. Amen. But I'm not living for that. I'm living to meet with Him, to know Him, to, amen, to, to let Him know I love Him and how much I amen, appreciate Him and love Him and honor Him and respect Him. Right? When I get there, usually there's an experience that happens. Because you cannot encounter the presence of God without being changed. You just can't. You just can't. I mean, I've tried it before. It doesn't work. <laughs> I've actually tried to do that. You can't do that. You can't sit in a week worth of camps and not be changed. Come on, I tried that. I'm not going to be changed this week. I'm going to keep doing it. And then all of a sudden God broke in and changed me. Amen. You know, sacrificing in the Bible, in the Old Testament, we've got to move on. Sacrificing in ceremonial practices 
about worship in the, in the Bible are necessary. And they teach us some things. And, and it was about giving back to God what He deserves. That's what it was about. And it was about what God wanted and how that He would appease and how and He would be appeased and how He'd be pleased with their worship. And they were doing it as a, as a sign and they were doing it as a symbol for us. And the Bible talks about this in 1 Peter, the sacrifice of praise. And so the sacrifice, sac, the fact that sacrificing in the Old Testament and some of the ceremonial things they did, that was really a symbol of worship. It's how God wanted to be worshipped, and He wanted it those ways. And we don't have time to get into that. A, a beautiful analogies and wonderful typology. Awesome. But I don't have time to get into that. But all those things were about uh, acknowledging God and giving back to God and giving the things that God required and He deserved. And, and that's what it was all about. And still, those practices still mean that much to God. He's still looking for that. He's still requiring that. But it's in a different way today. Right? It's not on the outward. It's not, obviously, it's not with sheep and goats. But now it's, the Bible says, with your heart. Now it's with your life. Now it's with your emotions and your mind and your thoughts. It's with those things now. It's with your, your body and, and your time and your energy and your money and all those things. Those things, are the, that's what we do now. We worship God those ways. Right? And so those things were necessary, but they also pointed us to one thing. They pointed us to how God wanted to be worshipped. Why? Because it's about relationship. God would not require worship if he was not about relationship. He just wouldn't. He wouldn't, right? See, because worship is that. And I like this too, is that one of the things that the ceremonial things and one of the things that worship is the biggest thing about worship is really thanking God. It's really gratitude. We talk about this and not just that Thanksgiving. How many know that we talk about it all the time? But you know, that's what it's about. It's about gratitude. It's about thanking God. I like what someone said. It said, worship is the thank you that cannot be silenced. When we worship God, it's the, it's the loudest thank you that we can give to God. It's the best way we can thank God when we worship. It's the best way. And not just music, but just giving God or thanking God or with your words or with your thoughts or whatever. It's, it's the way you do it. And so really, that's, that, we'll talk about that later, but I love that picture in the, in the Old Testament that it gives us how God loved and why worship and, and what happens when we worship. There's something amazing when what happens when we worship. Amen. This is one of the things I just wanted to say that I, I kind of got this morning, wrote down. I don't know if it's going to make sense, but I like it. I like the fact that this is why morning devotions are so important in my life because I'm devoting myself back to God. I'm devoting myself afresh to God. Anybody? That's what it's like. How many thank God that His mercies are new today? Brand new. When you wake up tomorrow, they're going to be brand new. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to commit myself brand new. I'm going to devote myself brand new to God. I'm going to commit myself anew and afresh to God. And I love that about God. That's what keeps a relationship so fresh. Amen. My wife and I just celebrated 22 years of marriage on Friday. Couldn't ask to do it with life with anybody else but her. And, you know, that's one of the things we've learned is we've learned how to keep certain things, our relationship fresh in certain ways. And that's what you learn, right, when you're married? And you just learn to keep, and that's one of the things about devotions, morning devotions, like keeping these, these, those things fresh. And so when I have morning devotions with God, it's not like, I better read my Bible because I'm the pastor of the church and if people find out, they're going to think I'm carnal. Come on. In fact, I don't, and when I read my Bible in the morning and I pray, I, I don't even pray for a sermon. I don't, pray, I don't read for a sermon. I just do it because. I just, do, I just want to spend time with God. I want to get to know Him through His Word. I want to talk to Him. I want Him to speak to me. Come on, is this all right, Amy? Amen. We're going to take communion in a few seconds. And then the second thing is going through this even faster than I did the first point, and that is glory. 
glory, which is adoration. In Psalms 96, it says that we are to give glory to Him that is due to His name. Give unto the Lord glory, which is due unto His name. You're right there in Psalms 95. Look at Psalms 96. It says, sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Sing unto the Lord, bless His name. Show forth His salvation from day to day. Declare His glory among the heathen, His wonders among the people. Amen. It says this in verse 4. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. Going down to 7. Give unto the Lord all, all you people of the earth. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due to His name. Bring an offering and come into His courts. It's about glorifying God. Let's put it this way. It's all about Him. Worship is all about him. Let me just say this. I know that uh, you know in when it comes to the worship team and the worship service, yeah, there's there's money we spend, there's lights we get, there's instruments, there's this, there's that, there's all these things. All those things are not for ourselves. All those things are for him. All those things are for him. Come on. It's all for him. And so and so I, I want to just say that that worship is not anything that's designed, never designed for you. Did you know that? Worship is never, never about you. Never. Has nothing to do with you. Nothing. In fact, the Bible says that we worship Him because of His excellent greatness, not because of our greatness. Because how many know some weeks we're just not great? Come on, somebody. Amen. How many know David was a man after God's own heart? Some of his life wasn't so great. Amen. And so, so this is why we do it, and we do it as unto the Lord. Give glory to God. I know that sounds so Christian for you, but give glory to God. You hear a lot of people say, glory. You know, that's what it means. We're giving God glory. Give God glory. What does that mean? Give Him the recognition. Give Him the honor or the attention that He deserves. How many believe that God loves attention? Oh, yes, He does. How many know that people are changed when we give God attention? We're changed when we put our focus our, our perspective, our thinking, our eyesight, come on, our mentality, our ideas, our goals, our dreams, our visions, our wishes, come on, all those things, when we put it on God, amen, He begins to get glorified and something happens, amen, that's really great. Because we weren't designed to put it on ourselves, never. Man was never designed to receive glory, never, never, you can't. And so, but God was designed to receive glory, you know what I love about that? God can handle it. I can't. I mean, no, God can handle glory. Some of us can't even handle a compliment. Ooh, she likes me. Whoa. All right, you know what I'm saying? Ain't I hot? No, you're not hot. No, 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 no. But I love that about God. God can handle, amen, praise. People can't handle praise. That's why we're not to give people, amen, praise that exalts them. Compliments, yes. Encouragement, yes. Right? Uh, you know, come on, self-worth, yes, but not the exaltation. Why? Because we can't handle it. We mess it up. But God doesn't. In fact, something fuels God's heart when you give Him attention. Something fuels His heart when you put your focus on Him. And that's what it's about. Let's hurry through this. It means the highest respect and recognition. Psalms 50, 23 says, Whoever offers praise glorifies me. That's what God said. Amen. And to him that orders his lifestyle right, will I show the salvation of God. I love that. 
Love that. That means to make a big deal out of God. That's why we sing, that we have instruments, that's why we have sound systems, because we want to make a big deal out of God. Some of you have, amen, earplugs because we make a big deal out of God. No, we want to make a big deal out of God. How many know that's giving glory to God? Our attention, our focus, it declares who God is. I believe there's a declaration. We can talk about that later. We've got to take communion. And this, you know, something I thought about, this, this is a big responsibility. This is a huge responsibility for us to give God glory. A tremendous responsibility. And the reason it is is because you've got to know God. And you've got to know His Word in order to declare Him. That's huge responsibility, isn't it? Amen. How many know people who don't know God really can't declare Him too well? Well, the man upstairs, uh, I, yeah, I guess I know him. But when you know God, you can declare Him. When you know how good he's been, when you've been saved and born again and baptized, filled the Holy Ghost and healed and delivered and saved and set free, when you know him beyond a shadow of a doubt and in a very intimate, special way, guess what? You can declare him. It's not a problem. I mean, it's just like, yeah, I know him. I can tell you all about him. Think about it. Because you know him. And so this is what it's about. It's about making a big deal out of God and taking this responsibility of worship seriously to the place that we want to impact. Amen, our nation. Amen. And we don't have time to get into that. And I like what David said. He said in one uh, chapter in Psalms, and a couple times he says, I will make my boast in the Lord. I will make my boast in the Lord. He said, I'm not bragging on myself. I'm bragging on him. In other words, amen, when I brag about God, that's, see, that's what worship is all about when I'm bragging about God. God, you're so good. I, I don't know how that you could love me, but you did. I don't know. Lord, how you could say, you know, send your son, and, and I don't know, but it's just so amazing to me. I mean, how many know this is worship? God, I don't know how you can come through. I don't know, but I know you can. I don't know how you did it before, but you did. I don't, I, I just read it, and I believe it, and God, I know that it's for me, and I'm going to make my boast about you. I'm going to, I'm going to boast about you. I'm going to talk, talk you up this morning, amen. I, I'm going to talk about you. You're amazing. You're awesome. You're wonderful. Amen. You're the counsel. You're the uh, mighty God. You're the, amen, everlasting Father. You're the great I Am. I mean, you're the all-sufficient one. You're the rose of Sharon. You're the lily of the valley. I mean, where would I be? You're the God of all gods. Lord, there's nobody that compares to you. You are crowned with many crowns. You are amazing. And I love you. That's boasting about God, isn't it? Some people love compliments. And some people just get totally uncomfortable with compliments. But God doesn't. And he loves that. Amen. So I want to encourage you. Amen. When you come to worship and we begin to sing and praise God, just begin to compliment him the best you can. Even if it's a couple words. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. I love you. You're great. You're great. You're great. Right? Amen. That's what it's all about. Let's finish up. So worship is not about our humanity. It's about his deity. That's what worship is about. It's about giving glory to him, recognizing him. He's the God, not me. He's the one that makes wonders. I don't. He's the one that created everything. I, I didn't. And, and, and it's all about worship. And the more you worship, the more God gets credit. And the more God gets credit, the, the bigger he becomes in your life. Think about it. The bigger he becomes, the stronger he becomes, the more dependent you become on him. So I believe it's this. It's not just this as far as when it comes to giving glory. Number one, it's giving God honor. And number two, it's giving God audience. Let's go through this quickly. Giving God audience. This is so important. And that means to welcome or to entertain his presence. How many know that I think things that sometimes we got carried away in the church where we came to entertain the saints? Amen. But how many know we came to entertain his presence? 
That's what it's all about. It, it, see, you can have all the lights and show and all the instruments. You can have the latest, greatest, the biggest venue. You can have all the people packing it out. But if you don't have his presence, if you're not there to entertain his presence, he won't show up. You won't have the joy. You won't have the peace. You won't have the salvation. You won't have the healing. Nothing that is of God will be there. Right? So we want to entertain his presence. We want to worship is rolling the red carpet out for God. When you begin to wake up in the morning, amen, you just roll that red carpet out for the king. And you just say, Lord, I want to thank you. Amen, you are God this morning. You're strong, amen, this morning. You are, you're great this morning. You're amazing and I love you. So it's giving God audience. The Bible says God lives in the praises of his people. That's where he hangs out. You won't find him hanging out anywhere else but the praises of his people. He loves the praises of people. When people start praising him, he's like, whoa, whoa, I got to get there. I got to go there right now. I don't know about you, but amen. That, that's, that's, I mean, that's like God, you know, he, he just quicker than any text that these teenagers can write. God is there. Amen. So the whole process of worship really in the Old Testament, in the Bible we see is for his presence to be in the midst of his church. That's what it was all about. That's what worship was. Worship invoked his presence and that it was important that the presence of God was in their midst because then they would win. Then they would have strength. Then they would have healing. Then they would be successful, right? And so one of the most significant things that marks believers' lives is the, God, is the presence of God. Let me just say why we do it in church. And, and one of the things about church and giving God audience, number one, we do it in church is one of the things about worship and why we do it is we invite the presence of the Lord. We just want God to show up and we honor God. That's what it's about. It's to encourage you to worship. That's why Brother Michael's up here with the team is because they're encouraging you to worship. And it opens the pathway for the Word of God to be preached. It really does. It opens our hearts. It opens you know, the way spiritually and physically. There's something that happens that when we worship and have a great worship service, it just makes delivering the Word so much better. Amen. And so much easier. And then it's effective and coming into our lives. And then fourthly, we want to create an atmosphere for the Holy Spirit to do what He does best, and that is minister to our hearts. Amen? That's what it's about. So worship really is one, I like what one person says, worship is the welcome mat for the Holy Spirit. I love that. It's just putting that welcome mat out there every Sunday. Amen? For the Lord to come and to move among us. And, and uh, the third thing is, is obedience. And we're going to stand in a second and pray. Third thing is obedience. And that is, you know, the, the devotion, the glory, and the obedience. That's what worship is. And so um, as the devotion to God and, and the glory leads, leads us to this place right here. It should lead you to obedience. So as you have you know, the devotion, you devote yourself to God and have, give God that glory and credit, it should lead you to a place of obedience. So this is, is and, and I, I just I had to ask this question, what good is devotion without obedience? What good is it? The Bible says that I, I'd rather, as David said, it's better to give you know, worship than, than, than sacrifice. I mean, it's better for obedience. I'd rather obey God than, than, than these sacrifices that really don't mean anything. Because if I'm making all these things to God, all these words, all these motions to God, and I'm not really obeying God, it doesn't mean anything. So really, what is devotions without obedience? It's nothing. And so Jesus said this, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you will do what I say, right? And so we see that. And worship is really about a heart condition, as we've been talking about, not just an emotion. It's, it's out of obedience. And because the, the, the heart and really our, our can say one thing, our mouth can say another, but our obedient actions tell us where we're really at, what's really going on. 
And so did you know that listening and responding to biblical teaching or the word of God is an act of worship? Did you know that prayer is an act of worship? Did you know that, that when you obey God and what he tells you, that's an act of worship? Did you know that? Did you know that doing God's will on a daily basis, winning the lost, and some of the other things he told us to do, that's worship. Did you realize that's an act of worship? And so I really believe that when, when God begins to speak to us, amen, God begins to move and, and, and all these things, it's great that we really love God and we're saying it with our mouths, but man, if we don't do it with our lives, it probably won't mean much. In fact, Paul said this, he said, you can, you can have all these gifts of the Spirit, you can do all this stuff, but if you don't have love, it doesn't mean anything. It's the same thing with God. You can be singing and dancing and do all this crazy stuff, but if you're not obedient, it's not really meaning anything. Your devotion probably isn't meaning anything, is what he's saying. And so this is what the Bible's talking about. And lastly, music accompanies my worship to God. It's really what it's about. Amen. And, and so true worship fosters these three things. True worship fosters devotion, glory, and obedience to God. I like what one person said in this quote I'm going to finish up with. It is being so preoccupied with the importance of our God that nothing urgent on this earth gains a significant place in my thinking. I mean, that's worship. When God is so significant, God is so important, God is the focus, God is the attention, that's what worship is all about. God created us for worship, God created us for relationship, because He wants relationship with us, but He also wants worship for Him. Amen? How many believe that today? How many thank God that as we celebrate the communion today, that Jesus gave us and showed us the greatest act of worship? The greatest act of worship was when Jesus laid his life down. Because he not only represented the Old Testament sacrifice of the Lamb. Come on. But he also represented the New Testament form of worship. Giving everything to God. Giving your life to God. Giving your heart to God. Serving the Lord with your mind, your heart, your strength. Not half-hearted, but going in all the way with God. How many believe that Jesus is our champion? He's the greatest, amen. He's the author and finisher of our faith. He is our champion. He's our example. And Jesus showed the greatest act of worship on the cross, amen, to God. So Jesus didn't just come and just talk about it. He showed it. He displayed his devotion to God. He showed us, amen, how to give that devotion to God, give glory to God, and then obey God. Amen? Jesus Christ, our greatest sacrifice we receive it this morning and so when we take communion this morning and when we gather around and we yeah we get some juice and some some bread or whatever amen I believe that it's greater than just a ceremonial act it is life this morning because it represents Jesus giving the greatest act of worship and so if Jesus gave us an act of worship how many know we're going to show him an act of worship this morning I'm going to take the communion by faith Amen. I'm going to take it because, amen, I love him and I thank God for what he did for me. And it's a form of my worship. Amen. Because Jesus said, as often as you do this, remember what I did. Remember me. Don't forget me. And so this morning, we're going to do an act of worship. You thought singing was worship. No, this is an act of worship. Amen. So as we get ready to do this act of worship, let's just examine our hearts and say, God, I want you to be my Lord. I want you to be my Savior. I want you to be everything in my life. I don't want to hold anything back. I don't want to be halfway in the world and halfway in the church. I don't want a little bit of sin and a little bit of goodness. I want everything. I want goodness. I want to be saved. 
I want to know you this morning. And so this morning, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, as your personal Lord and Savior, that He came to give Himself for you to be your Savior, that you might have eternal life, today is the day to be saved. Amen. Believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and He lives forevermore. And He sacrificed His self for your sin. And the Bible says you will be saved. How many believe that this morning? How many can lift your hand to heaven and say, I thank God. Amen for the blood this morning. I thank God for the body. Amen that Jesus gave. Amen as the greatest act of worship. And so this morning, let's do our act of worship in faith. Amen.